Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to The Playlist Podcast, the weekly discussion of films and TV. I'm your host, Charles Barfield, Managing Editor of The Playlist. And as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Mike D'Angelo and Brian Farber. And I'd also like to welcome Editor-in-Chief of The Playlist, Rodrigo Perez. Are you guys ready for the holiday that celebrates the work of our Lord and Savior, George Lucas? <laughs> yeah, wow. And that's, that's a rousing yes. We're excited sure. here. Sure. <laughs> So that's right, folks. We're talking about May 4th, a.k.a. May the 4th, which celebrates all things Star Wars. Why is May the 4th the day of joy for Star Wars fandom? Well, because when you say May the 4th, it sort of kind of sounds like May the Force, which is half of a saying that is uttered in the galaxy far, far away. It's a stretch. And they needed a little holiday hallmark day for themselves, so they created one. There you go. What's the Marvel Marvel Day? Day Yeah. (laughs) Every is everyday Marvel day. That's yeah, true. I suppose you're That's right. true. <laughs> so, in honor of May the Fourth, we're here to talk the state of Star Wars. That is to say that we're going to look at the, where the franchise is right now, what we've seen over the last decade that Disney has owned Lucasfilm and George Lucas has taken a step back from running things. And then we're going to talk about what lies ahead, what excites us, what we think Kathleen Kennedy should do with Star Wars in the years to come, because we all know she's a listener and has been waiting for us to give her the thumbs up on what she has planned. Before we get real nerdy and talk about the Star Warses, I got to tell you that the Playlist Podcast is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes Be Real, The Fourth Wall, Deep Focus, and more. And if you want to find us, you can check your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your favorite shows. Okay. So to start talking about Star Wars, since this is such a huge franchise, we're going to start with the present. And when I say that, we're actually going to look at what's been happening over the last eight years or so that Disney's been in control. In that time, we've seen a new sequel trilogy, which people shockingly have no real opinion about, right? I think that's putting it mildly, yeah. Oh, okay. Sure. I mean, people are just apathetic. Nobody wants to talk about that. Oh, yeah, nobody, that. nobody has ever really threatened anyone's lives over this stuff in the past, you know, however many years. Oh, God. And then in, in addition to the sequel trilogy, we've seen two spinoff films, new animated series, and one new live action series, The Mandalorian. Oh, and of course, there's the new Star Wars attractions at the Disney theme parks, because that's where the real money is. And to get the discussion going, I want to uh, not get bogged down with any one of those projects. I'd like to just ask each of you to tell me what you think the state of Star Wars is right now. Is the franchise the strongest it's ever been? Is it on the verge of collapse? Somewhere in between? Let's start with Rodrigo. What do you think of Star Wars? Well, I'm glad you put it into like such like, you know, is it the greatest thing ever or is it totally going to collapse? We talk about binary stuff in fandom. (laughs) It's either great or shit. Uh, No, it doesn't have to be like that. And I don't know. It's it's a weird time to be talking about Star Wars because there's nothing going on in Star Wars at the moment. Uh, We probably won't see a show until maybe the end of the year if one this year. Uh, Well, obviously, we're getting one tomorrow. That's a 
you know, that's an animated thing and a little bit different, but we probably won't get live action. Anyhow, what we had, the last live action thing we had was The Mandalorian in uh, the end of December, uh, ended early January, right? And I, yeah, I think they're fine, I guess. I mean, you could probably look like it as it were in a bit of a transition phase and that, because they announced all that stuff at the beginning of December 2020, right? Like almost at the end of last year, almost the beginning of this year and sort of like threw down the gauntlet and kind of made their Marvel-like plan. And, and But we haven't seen that come to fruition yet. So things are, I suppose, kind of fine, I guess. I don't know, again, <laughs> slightly weird time to be talking about Star Wars, but I don't know. But so fine. Yeah. Mike, do you yeah. think Star Wars is fine right now? Uh, I think that's exactly the word to to use is it's fine. Uh, it's not completely dead. It's not, you know, thriving right now. Um, I, if the Mandalorian didn't exist, I would say it's kind of petering out like a fart in the wind, but <laughs> the, the Mandalorian is keeping it alive almost single-handedly as far as fan interest goes. So uh, I, I'm I'm still interested to see more of, Star Wars, I just hope it, it's something that brings growth to uh, the, the saga or whatever you want to call it. Okay. Brian, what do you think the state of Star Wars is right this moment? I definitely couldn't agree more that, yeah, it's, we're not for Mandalorian. I, I mean, this is just one man's opinion, really couldn't care less at this point. The tease for the Book of Boba Fett is intriguing, but you know, not enough to necessarily have me counting the days uh, to its release. I, all these other things. I mean, the Bad Batch stuff. I haven't watched a single clip from that. That does not interest me in the slightest. Uh, again, I represent a terribly small part of this of this fan community. But yeah, if 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 uh, if my words to be used as scripture, then it has seen better days. It's neither good nor bad. I guess some weird gray area. It could be better. We'll put it that way. So uh, you guys are getting really uh, getting everybody pumped for May the Fourth here. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I was gonna say. So, so Brian, you say you're not. You say you're like this outlier opinion, but I think that's the problem with Star Wars right now. Is I think the bulk of us are kind of that that person, right? That we've watched the movies. I haven't seen the animated shows. Rodrigo has. Uh, Mike, I don't know if you have. I have not. Yeah. So we're. I think we are the majority that just is kind of like we'll watch a new movie when it comes out we'll check out mandalorian but we're not diehards and and right now if if that's you star wars is just kind of a an afterthought which yeah. is is an interesting place for for this like multi-billion dollar franchise to be right like as an afterthought there i don't like and i, and I don't i don't even be defending it but it's just like it's not in <clears> season <throat> right now right yeah. like it's like nothing's really going on we've had like a six months of darkness essentially like, right maybe less but like we're in a we're in a we're in a dark period and there's nothing on it's not marvel where there's like a show every you know every quarter every two months like it's it's different and they're just starting to ramp things up um and and they want to get to a place that's more marvel like but they're they're not quite there in terms of like uh speed and and getting things although you know they did two mandalorians back to back pretty fast yeah. Well, just like TV, a year apart. But but my my point is is though. Remember, we're coming off a, a Disney era where there were they were shooting for multiple Star Wars things each year, and from like 2015 to 2019, we got a new Star Wars movie every year. True, true. but it, then they ended the trilogy, right? And now it's sort of a bit of again, it's a transition mode. They ended the trilogy, 
and they ne- and they need to kind of figure out where they're going to go. And you're giving that- them a lot of credit, Rodrigo, because you're you're presuming that this was all in the plans, but we know that wasn't the case. We know that the plan would have been to finish the trilogy and immediately jump into something else, and they couldn't because Solo didn't do great, and the ramp up for some of these shows like Obi Wan has taken a bit of time, and all they had, like Mike said, was was. Dave Filoni and John Favreau saying like, all right, Lucasfilm, get on our backs. Here we go. We're well, going to carry def- you. They definitely, I mean, you're on to something now with the solo, right? I mean, like, let's think, let's face it. All this stuff is supposed to be movies. And then they, they figured out, oh, you know, then Disney plus happened and they were like, oh, let's just pivot to making these shows. Right. And all these stuff that, that we're going to be talking about that are series were all uh, movies at one point. Right. But what I'm saying though, is, is, this isn't a, a time that Lucasfilm kind of carved away back in 2015 and said, you know, from 2019 to 2023, we're going to be completely out of the movie theaters. You know, that, that was yeah, something I mean, that's that... definitely true. I mean, I think the solo, the one, two punch of solo, and then, you know, the, the, what's the last one called the last rise tour? of Skywalker. Right. <laughs> that one being, I mean, it still made millions of dollars, right? It just it's... over a billion. Yeah, right. right. Just critic uh, and I mean, fan reaction thing. was not ideal. I would right, say. The, the fan reaction was not ideal, obviously. But think about it: everything that, that we're talking about that's not ideal has made over a billion dollars, right? Like, have they made other than Solo? Uh, everything they did would made a billion dollars, right? Of all the Disney era films. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. I think even Force Awakens did two billion. But Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker, Rogue One. All of those are those are four four billion uh, dollar you know five billion if you count the, the two for for a Force Awakens that's pretty good <laughs> you know like if you put it in that perspective uh, every, each time to bat as, as is uh, a billion over but then I think that's what's you know it still all goes back to 2018 all these films make over a billion at bat and you're just thinking like you can do no wrong and then Solo doesn't even do. 400,000 400 million worldwide yeah like like and i think uh in the u.s it, it did maybe less than 200 or something yeah. uh it, i think china uh, made about 12 cents <laughs> yeah. I mean, they I love star wars a, i think on an, an existential level that kind of really fucked them up you know they thought they really could do no wrong and all of a sudden like holy shit like how do you go from like a billion a billion a billion a billion and then you know, wow, like a big fucking big thud of nothing. Um, and that obviously made them pause. And then when they paused and they knew Disney Plus was coming and then they, you know, decided to um, pivot to all the stuff, the TV and then, yeah. And then taking a bigger pause and then sort of reorganizing their thoughts. And, and, and now you're right, I guess, you know, I guess what you're saying, um, Charles, is that you know, their first film won't be out to 2023. So they'll have this huge gap between 2018 and 2023. But, you know, I guess the transition transition phase sort of also trying to gear up to having more content available, right? Well, and they dumped a whole trilogy from Ryan Johnson. They dumped a planned trilogy from the guys from Game of Thrones. Like there were a lot of ideas they had that just for one reason or another didn't pan out. Right, so that's the other thing. Like, you know, the, those things, if they had been going and, 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 you know, the powers that be and stuff like them and they got green lit, you know, we'd be having a totally different conversation right now. It's just those things sort of kind of fell apart. Yeah. And like, those are, yeah, again, both two trilogies that like, 
kind of went by the wayside, right? That's, that's a lot of real estate that would have been taken up um, over probably, you know, we'd probably have seen the first one, maybe if all things were going correctly, we'd probably see one of those films this year, right? Give yeah, I think, I think uh, Ryan Johnson's was going to be the first up, but uh, that, that's kind of segueing into what I want to talk about here. So now looking at, at the last eight plus years of Disney owning uh, Lucasfilm, and, and having control over the Star Wars franchise, what do you guys think are some lessons that should have been learned or you hope Kathleen Kennedy paid attention to moving forward with, you know, after this pause? Start with uh, Brian. Okay, then I think um, one big lesson should be that um, that the the group of fans that really all of this is is really catered toward the kids of that era the kids that grew up with star wars and i do mean kids i mean children of the late 70s early 80s along with those you know adults that discovered these films they're you know th- this is your last chance to make something for them Kids these days, I, I don't mean to sound like, you know, a decrepit old man, but like. You started yeah. a sentence with kids these days. You're I know. sound like an old man. I know. And like, yeah, there are kids that are into Star Wars. I know a number of them that love Star Wars, but it's just, I, I personally don't feel it has the same, uh, you know, clout that it, it once did amongst, you know, amongst them. And I feel like the lesson really should be that like, let's you know, let, let's wrap this up as best we can. And then let's, yeah, let's focus all of our energy on these really self-contained little worlds of the Mandalorian and things like that, that are, that as time goes by, I can only assume we'll have almost nothing to do with the Star Wars that all of us grew up with. I mean, that's the, that's, I think I, I have the biggest lesson I, I hope, because I've really enjoyed certain aspects of the Mandalorian um, I think the Obi-Wan show could be cool too, but I feel like this is this is them wrapping things up here. And then once all these little loose ends are tied up, once we've seen Obi-Wan's, you know, exile or whatever on Tatooine, and once we've seen what Boba Fett was up to in the Sarlacc pit, and once we see all this other, you know, stuff and all these other shows, then let's let's see what else is out there and let's just focus on really, and I'm saying this again from the perspective of Kathleen Kennedy and all those folks behind the scenes. Let's just focus on making a really interesting show set, you know, in that in that universe that has absolutely nothing to do with the Skywalker saga. We've we've moved on. That's what I hope they've learned is it's it's so it's so beyond time to move on now. You have enough money, dump trucks now. Let's just focus on on quality now. Unfortunately, they aren't moving on from the Skywalker no. saga. <laughs> uh, Mike, what's a lesson you think uh, or you hope that they've learned from? from all of this uh that i hope they've learned is have a plan uh <laughs> seriously like if you're gonna make a trilogy of films have an idea where you're going with it because otherwise it's it's very clear that you're just making shit up as you go along and i think that's what became the most apparent by the time we got to rise of skywalker is there was no real plan um and, you know, it, it made for a, a lesser trilogy, one that, you know, started with promise and then dwindled as it went along, at least in my opinion. That's interesting because we you often can not you, but just people in general often compare Star Wars, obviously, to Marvel because they're all under the Disney umbrella. And yeah. Marvel feels like this thing, this machine that has like such a rigid plan. But, you know, even when you think that they're kind of winging it, you have the benefit of the 
the doubt that there's actually like a grand plan, like Kevin Feige's this genius when he may just be cobbling it together in the background. But with Kathleen Kennedy and, and, and star Wars, it just, you can see the seams, you can see the duct tape. Exactly. So I, I would, I would hope if they're looking to plan a new trilogy or whatever it is, they have some idea of where things are headed. That's not to say that plans can't change. Marvel is very good at, you know, pivoting and, and going with what works. But it, I mean, just looking at that last Skywalker trilogy, it's just kind of a, a mess of, of differing creative decisions and, you know, rewriting, you know, each other's work. And it's just kind of, it, it gets to be a little bit uh, less of a service for fans and more of just, you know, pivoting to try and make things make sense. So I don't know. I just hope they go somewhere, uh, uh, like Brian said, outside of the Skywalker saga and, uh, you know, something they need a a creative idea that sparks uh, a whole new kind of Star Wars film. They need something that doesn't feel exactly like every other Star Wars film that's going to make them you know, make audiences rethink where this thing could go and and maybe open up some doors for them. Because right now, if it's just more of this, I'm not very interested. And I was a huge Star Wars fan growing up. I loved the original trilogy and I, you know, put up with the (laughs) the prequels. Um, But, you know, still that, that, that original trilogy fandom, it just doesn't feel the same today. It just feels kind of, you know, people are, are, aren't, I don't see a lot of passionate Star Wars fans anymore, but that just might be me. So who knows? Rodrigo, what do you, what's a lesson you hope that Kathleen Kennedy learned? Well, I think it sort of speaks to what um, uh, Mike was just saying in, in that uh, um, plan, you know, all that, but it's also um, like, I mean, if you, I think the biggest, probably if you want to think of a like mistake of them all really is that they were super bound to release dates. And the release yeah. dates fucked them twice. So they started with Michael Arndt, right? And they started a whole thing there. And that was supposed to be what was The Force Awakens. And then they scrapped that. And then J.J. Abrams. And I mean, Michael Arndt still has, still has a bit of a, a writing credit, a story by credit on the sequel trilogy, or, or at least for Force Awakens. But Lawrence Kasdan and J.J. Abrams had to start over. And then they went to Disney and they asked for a year delay on the release date. And they didn't get one which is insane to me because it's like fucking Star Wars, right? Yeah. Like Disney wanted to see return on their um, on their $4 billion investment or however much they paid for Lucasfilm at the time. So J.J. Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan didn't get their, they weren't able to like let, let that script gestate. They just had to knock it out and then film it and then go. And then, you know, there's certain, certain things about it that are, uh, I don't, I'm not particularly a huge fan of that movie. Um, then Ryan Johnson does his thing and then, and it's, it's quite good. It's still not my favorite, but I think thematically and everything it's got, it's, it's, it's the best of all of them. And then the same thing happens again with the rise of Skywalker. They have a thing in place. They have Colin Trevorrow, this whole thing. Then, you know, Trevorrow splits and, you know, and now JJ and Chris Terrio, again, they want a, another year extension. They don't get it. And they have to like full on pedal to the metal, like create something really quick because they have a shoot date and they have to get ready. And um, it certainly shows in that fucking movie, right? That movie's amazing. Oh yeah, it's amazing. Um, <laughs> so that's probably one of the big learned lessons of like, look, if, if, if these things are so goddamn precious to you and, and they are these, these crown jewels in your 
um, uh, in your portfolio, you just gotta you gotta treat them with a little bit more care. And they're not they're not Marvel. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're different kind of beasts. Got to stop kind of comparing them. There's a there's they don't have the same sort of flexi flexibility, turnkeyness to them, and and they're much more samey. You know, uh, even if they try and play in genre, it all still kind of feels very much mm -hmm. the same. Marvel, I feel, has the ability with all these different worlds and. You know, something can be like an earth thing, something can be an outer space, something can be a magic thing. It has the ability to be much more diverse and uh, genre, uh, you know, uh, uh, with the, the, the variety of it. And um, I do kind of sort of disagree with what Brian was saying. I don't know exactly, maybe I misread it, but like, I think he was saying that they should sort of feed the older fans. And I, 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 if that's what he was saying, I, I disagree. I, I think the older fans, especially this generation of who we are, are starting to lose interest and they're starting to have to invest in a new generation. And if they don't do that and they can't create a Star Wars that does it works for a new generation, um, because this generation of us, uh, this, you know, the, the late 30s, 40 something Star Wars fans are, are going to, in the, when they're in their 50s, they're just not going to give a shit anymore. They're not going to care. And there's nothing to sustain it. So they need like a younger generation. Uh, uh, they really, really need to carve out a younger generation that's going to be there 10, 15 years from now. And that really means, and, and which does speak to some of the things you guys said, which is like getting rid of the Skywalker stuff, whole, getting rid of, having more confidence, getting like no Lando shit, like no Obi-Wan, like stop, you know, stop doing the greatest hits or other characters from this thing and, and try and carve out something that this generation can feel as their own and really can like own that. And, you know, uh, I, th they, I think they desperately need to do that. And if they don't, I think we're going to see Star Wars like hit like a really bad period in about 10 years. You're right. No, I, I just want to say, Rodrigo, that's, that is what I was saying. Is that I agree with you too, that, that, yeah, we need to move on from the old, embrace the new. And yeah, you're absolutely right. If, if we don't, then <laughs> got some, uh, Got yeah, a bad like, feeling about this. Yeah, like, you know, the, the Lando thing, like on some levels, like, you know, Donald Glover, like Justin Simeon, that whole thing, that's awesome, like to me. But like, no, don't don't cater to me. Like, I, you know, no. I, like, there's, you already feel that with our generation of like, we're, you already feel it in this podcast. People being like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not really feeling this anymore. And I feel like you do feel that energy throughout, you know, mid-generation Star Wars, older generation fans, they got they got to do something to get a, a new fan base or they're I think they're going to be fucked. I think that they were, as much as uh, you just explained why Force Awakens was a, a troubled production or at least pre-production, I think Force Awakens should have been that movie because uh, just use my wife as an example, she doesn't really care about Star Wars, but she left Force Awakens kind of like jazzed about it because it was a lot of new characters. Sure, the structure yeah. of the story was roughly the same as, as A New Hope, but, you know, there's Ray, there's Finn, there's um, uh, Poe. Jeez, can't yeah. even remember <laughs> these people's names. Uh, it it felt like... Yeah, there is, you know, some stupid robot. I don't know. But no, but seriously, they, they, they really did introduce all these things. And then before you knew it, they just retreated into the past. Like they made $2 billion introducing all these new characters. Sure, they wanted to keep it part of the Skywalker saga, but then they were like, well, no, okay, let's let's service these fans that were, you know, wanting to see Palpatine again or wanting to see Han Solo or, you know, it's just, it, it, it felt, 
it felt like they were trying to have their cake and eat it too. And well, I don't that's think what, that that's you what can. Force Awakens yep. is to have your cake and eat it too, even right. And it introduces all these new characters, like this, like like a female lead, Ray gets be- people like your your wife interested in all this. But then the writing is so like, you know, it's just like a remix, rehash of all the first three classic films. It's so safe, it's so boring. So on one level, they're they are being bold with some of these choices. And they yes, they pissed off some of the fandom. We're saying like, like, oh, you know, you're being too diverse and too being too woke, which is a good thing. If they're if those people are pissed off, that's probably a good thing, you know. But um at the same time the writing was really kind of safe. And then and then they're also kind of shackled by the past, which you know, like someone like Marvel doesn't have like you know, they don't have a, a Luke, a Han, and Leia that you are still alive that you have to work with, right? Like, there's, there's just, and then so you have to devote a whole trilogy to them kind of in there too. It's not like, you know, they start completely fresh. You're really beholden to the past in a way. And, you know, it took several years to get through that, right? To get through that trilogy. And you, I mean, do you think there would be any way in the, in the world that Disney or Lucasfilm or anybody would have started in what year did the 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 first one come out for 2015 right do you think in 2013 or 2014 that they were making them that they would say like oh yeah we're going to do these but Luke they're not going to be with Luke Han or Leia and it's going to be completely new like there's just no way anybody would ever let that happen just well that's what I'm saying like I think Force Awakens was like yeah we'll bring back the Millennium Falcon yeah we'll bring back uh Jedi's and and you know we'll have Han Solo show up and Leia but there was kind of this promise. I, I think it was kind of an, an unspoken promise that this is just kind of the handoff. Like we're going to go in these new directions. And ultimately, I think they failed fans by not doing that, by by retreating back into the past. Like if you would have told me when Force Awakens came out that it was all going to end with Palpatine, I would have like, I would have laughed. Yeah. I would have been like, no way, no way. Yeah. It's like throwing in a new uh, Death Star, you know, like you don't do that. And I think I think that's the problem. And I think if there's any lesson that needs to be learned by by Lucasfilm, it's that you can you can with Disney Plus, you can kind of do both things now. You can have your Obi-Wan show, you can service the older fans that want to see kind of that sort of thing, right? In a way that almost like the uh the the legends books used to back in the day, you know, continue the story of, of Luke and Leia and Han and all them, you know, that's fine. Do that. But, but give us new ideas and, and, and really commit to those new ideas. Like do something bold, like Marvel killed Iron Man, right? Like (laughs) that was a bold move. They could have kept making Iron Man movies and probably been safe and, and there would have been diminishing returns, but you know, ultimately that would have been the safe bet, but you know, they're, they're reinventing. And, and I think Star Wars is at that, that, point so before we 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 move on i want to just ask you guys because we've been kind of down on the disney era and i don't want to be those guys so i want to go to mike tell me one shining star in the last eight years of the disney era some project that you were like okay this is cool rogue one i mean for me it's the best one that they they ended up doing and it probably has the most drama behind the scenes actually no there's a lot of them that have drama behind the scenes but that All one had a lot have drama yeah. um and and somehow tony gilroy was able to come in there and make it make sense and it, it's a, a really interesting movie that's you know was obviously able to kill its darlings at the same time and it literally kill its darlings um uh, so stick around I, for andor coming next year on disney plus <laughs> 
<laughs> Brian, what was one shining star in uh, the, the the Disney era? Uh, I'm going to say Last Jedi, completely honest. Okay. Um, there you go. I, I loved Rogue One. I, I remember writing a pretty glowing review of Rogue One when I uh, when I first saw it. I thought it was one of the best things ever. But uh, Last Jedi, I've really grown to not not only appreciate it, but really respect it. All In, I got to say is Canto Bite. That's that's all I got to say. Well, that well, is no oh, that is a perfect. problem. No that is a problem. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. Every every apple has a few spots, but. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but it, that one, I just, it has enough daring moves, you know, broad swings by Ryan Johnson that I was pretty engaged. And I thought, you know, for a movie that still, yeah, was going to lead into a, a, a sequel leading to Rise of Skywalker, I still walked out of that feeling satisfied enough that, yeah, I don't know that we need another one. I knew we were getting one and I was looking forward to it, but I was, I, I walked out of that feeling pretty pretty good you so, wanted that to be the end of, of the boy. skywalker song i wanted the kid waving his little broom and yeah, <laughs> just, i wanted that to be boy. to yeah that that to be my ending but no nope what we got was something else okay rodrigo any any uh bright shining stars uh yeah there's two of them one is rogue one which we mentioned which is uh very good and it still has its problems because it was frankenstein a little bit but, you know, it told a familiar story from a new angle with fresh characters. And yeah, I think that's great. And then there's also uh, Star Wars Rebels, which is really, really good. And I know you guys don't care. And It's, it's, <laughs> it's not that I don't care. It's I just have no basis for any. I haven't seen any of the animated stuff. But it's uh, it's the best animated stuff. It's very good. Uh, storytelling just gets better and better. And, and the, that last fourth season is really terrific. Um, so it's the third one. It, it's like, yeah, it's really solid stuff. Those are the two shining lights, you know. Uh, I guess I don't know where Clone Wars that might be before that. I don't know. I might, yeah, that was. I think that was pre pre Disney. Yeah, yeah, that's pre Disney because George is still involved in those. Um, but uh, and Rebels feels like it kind of does the exact same thing that that Rogue does, which is uh, look at the same period of time. Uh, you know, there's a, a familiarity, but there's new stuff to it, and and new characters with different you know issues and stuff and that team's great you know I, I love that team I have so much affection for them um uh yeah so those are the two highlights for me so I, I would say that Rogue One I think is probably the best for me but uh I think what's interesting in hearing you guys discuss it particularly what you just said Rodrigo is we're talking about Rogue One where they had uh, an ending where everybody was going to die. Like they knew the ending. So they weren't beholden to any sort of like, let's make a franchise out of this. Let's continue this for a trilogy. Let's spin it off every which way, even though they found a way. I was kidding. Coming before. soon and or. Yeah. But, <laughs> but with that freedom, they were able to actually do something creative and bold. Holy crap. And then uh, with, with Rebels, they just kind of give the keys to the animated world to Dave Filoni and are like, you know, have fun, bro. And and what he's able to do is is not be shackled by movies or anything. And and guess what? It, it's good. So, you know, there's your lesson. But now that we've talked about the current state uh, of the wars amongst the stars, let's talk about the future. Namely, let's talk about the future that we know is coming, which consists of a laundry list of TV shows that we've talked about. Obi-Wan, Boba Fett, Ahsoka, Lando, The Acolyte, Rangers of the New Republic, and others. And already announced films by Patty Jenkins, Taika Waititi, Kevin Feige, J.D. Dillard, and Ryan Johnson. Just kidding, that's never going to happen. 
So he said it was still happening. Okay. All right. Sure. (laughs) So of the projects that we've already heard about, what do you think is the one that's going to, uh, what do you hope is the one I should say that is going to revitalize this franchise moving forward? Let's go to uh, Mike. I mean, for me, it's the stuff that has all the mystery to it. Like, I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure I'll be more than willing to watch Andor or Obi-Wan or whatever, but the Rangers of the New Republic, the Acolyte, those are interesting uh, potential areas for growth. So that's where my focus goes. Obviously, if Lando becomes Donald Glover, you know, being Lando, I'll watch him do anything. So I, I will absolutely be there for that. But I, I want to see Star Wars become more than what it is right now. And I know there's a lot of Star Wars fans that just want Star Wars, but I want something new. And I'm, I'm thinking Rangers of the New Republic and Acolyte have the best chance of doing that. Only because you don't know anything about them. That's pretty telling too. Uh, <laughs> Brian, what do you, uh, what do you hope is the, the one project that really stands out? Mm, and you said revitalize. Can you define revitalize for me? Like, bring it up to a marble level of, of popularity. No, is no. that what I we're thinking? Wanna, uh, we can't really like Rodrigo. So we can't keep comparing it to Marvel. So I know just, just to get you excited again, you know, you're a bitter old man. You, you've seen yeah. it all. What is one you're like, okay, this looks interesting. This might get my attention. Um, I mean, there's, there's little flicks here and there that get my attention. I mean, I, I said a few negative things about the book of Boba Fett, but I think that could be an interesting story that said, there's plenty of, of uh, creators out there who have taken a, a crack at it, at, at what Boba Fett's been up to and, and you know, what is just expanding on his story. I think that could be kind of cool. To be honest, when I've looked at, uh, I've looked at the list again of everything that's coming up here and outside of that and probably Obi-Wan, I, I'm not that psyched about a lot of this other <laughs> stuff. I, I don't know. I, I, and I maybe... Maybe psyched is the wrong choice of word too. I don't know, but it's, you know, it kind of contradicts what I was saying before about I want them to go in different directions. But when I think about what an Andor show could look like, when I think about what a Rangers of the New Republic show could look like, I keep, I don't know why I keep using the Mandalorian as an example, but I keep thinking that this, oh, it's going to be another one of these scum and villainy type, you know, rogue shows where it's just going to focus on this, you know, scummy subset of the, of the star Wars universe. And we're just going to see this over and over and over again. And I, I don't know, I, 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 maybe that's where I, I guess I kind of want to see the stories wrapped up and, you know, they can go in whatever direction they want to. I'm not going to say that I'm going to be excited. I'll say I will watch with interest and then probably switch over to Dougie Hauser. I was I was just about to say this reminds me of our DC films discussion when yeah. you were when you were just like heaping on that faint praise on everything and we just boiled it down to it's basically Black Adam right like the things we're talking yeah. about right here are your Black Adam where you just do not care I it's and you know I it's not that I don't care because at the at the end of the day I do want to see this succeed I think that's coming from a nostalgic standpoint though like I don't want to see this completely die um i don't think any of us do i, I no, want this no. to continue but i and i guess that's where you know i'm not saying that they need to take as much time as they want to figure out where they're going to go with this but 
yeah, like Mike said, they got to have a plan. They got to have a good plan here. And do they have one? Is it, you know, are they going to blow us all the way, uh, blow us all away with something? I, I don't know. I obviously none of us can see the future here, but, but yeah, if I were to say right at this moment, if I'm excited about anything, I'm, I'm interested in a couple things. It's Jedi tem- temple challenge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at best. I just, I oh, guess poor it, Ahmed Best. I can't even make fun of Ahmed Best. That guy really got shit on and yeah. doesn't deserve it. But that's the last word of Rogue One. What's the last word? Hope. That's all I have yeah. right now is hope. Fair enough. Rodrigo, uh, any of these projects? I know you're big on Obi-Wan because you've just been dying to know what he's been doing on Tatooine, right? Um, I was. <laughs> I hope there's a lot of just bored masturbation scenes <laughs> in the desert, bored out of his mind. <laughs> no, Obi-Wan is obviously now we know is going to be an off-world adventure. There's going to be young Luke. Yeah. Uh, that's what Sebastian that- Stan is young Luke. No, no. Like, well, cause it's 10 years after. Uh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be, Sebastian it's going to be like young Sheldon, but young Luke. Okay, so this is something that I've been sitting on for a, a long time. It was sort of exciting at the time, and now it doesn't feel so exciting. And all- <laughs> We've beaten the excitement out of you. <laughs> right. So it's not, yeah, maybe it's also this, this whole conversation. But when I, I learned about this maybe a year ago or something, no, not quite a year ago, but a, a while ago, that, that I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's really interesting, blah, blah, blah. And I wasn't sure what it was for. Now I'm pretty sure it's something that's related to Obi-Wan Kenobi. And now that all the pieces have come together. Um, so, you know, you were talking about uh, a young Luke on the show that we might see. I was told like a year ago that they had this really, really big long hunt to hire um, a, a young uh, Princess Leia, oh, and, and that they did hire uh, a, an un, an unknown person that nobody knows, and that's still under lock and key, and, and nobody knows who it is. But she was hired. One of the reasons I was for a long time sitting on it was I was like I, I don't know what it's for, and I was even sort of told the, the I, nobody knew what really it was for. It's, um, Lucasfilm was incredibly secretive, but. Um, and so then it was like, you know, would they be doing a movie? Like all, all this stuff was sort of speculating back then. And then uh, a few things fell into place. I don't really want to talk about that exactly because it sort of outs somebody um, okay. in terms of who the person is. But like someone. A, a Does name, his last name rhyme with Shmlukas? No, <laughs> no. <Okay>. But <laughs> there was a, someone that was uh, that was mentioned to me, like a, a significant redacted person who works on films. Okay, and I don't want to say what they do because it, it ties too much to. But I was told about this person's like you know this name right like yes okay and like okay so they're in the works of doing this which was a Princess Leia thing, and then I just heard and realized that they are also working on Obi Wan. So I was like ah okay so that's pretty much pretty much what it, what it is. So the 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 small kind of you know small scoop is that is that they hired and and cast a a Princess Leia a young Princess Leia, I believe around 11 years old. And that all kind of fits in the timeline of Obi-Wan, um, like 10 or 11 or something like that. Um, because I think I think they said that Obi-Wan is set like 10 years later. Um, yeah, no, they did. They said it is. And and immediately, obviously, the question was, is there going to be a young Luke? But right, with right. young Luke comes young Leia. So Right. Well, I don't know if they confirmed it, but they're just sort of like, yeah, you might see Luke, which kind of makes sense because in the stories of Star Wars Rebels, when they were in and around him, you did see also a kind of young Luke from afar, just kind of not very, you know, he wasn't part of the story at all, but sort of like 
because in in Rebels they cross over they they cross over with Obi Wan for a minute, and oh. uh, and uh, Obi Wan's uh, you know sitting on Tatooine doing nothing overlooking uh, um, Luke Skywalker like he's supposed to, and then uh, a threat comes and he quickly takes care of it. I won't spoil it further than that because it's a really awesome story. And I'll say it, I said it, I think in the last podcast, I'll say it again. If they wouldn't have used that on Star Wars Rebels, it would have been the ultimate perfect story to tell um, on the Obi-Wan movie, but they already told it on Rebels, so they can't do that. But so this is, in this, then that was set like probably what Luke is like 19 or 18 or something in A New Hope? Yeah, he's young, young, young. So I think it's set like very, uh, uh, like a year before that or something like that, maybe a year or two before that. This is obviously 10 years right after um, the events of uh, Order Sith, 64. Revenge of the Sith. Yes, Revenge of the Sith. So anyhow, that's the the, the minor, uh, the you know, scoop or whatever. I hate that term. Um, I'll say I'm very confident in it because I, I, I don't ever... Uh, really reveal news because I don't want to do something if I think it's wrong. I, I always sit on stuff for forever, and uh, because I, sometimes things shift or I don't know all the details, and uh, and uh, so yeah, I'm pretty. You know, I can't say for certain whether it's part of Obi Wan, but I'm pretty sure there's it, it kind of makes sense. You know, it, I, there's the same person that was mentioned to me like a year ago as working on Obi Wan. They uh, were part of um, you know this this. Princess Leia thing, so I think she's going to be in um, Obi Wan. How how big of a part she's going to have? I don't know. Couldn't even might maybe it would not surprise me if it's not big. It would not surprise me if it was a small kind of thing. But given now that that you know, and also the other one, the thing when uh, when I heard about this a year ago, I was like, oh, couldn't couldn't be Obi Wan because um, you know he's trapped on Tatooine. But now that they're saying it's an off world adventure, and the other thing that they've sort of hinted at is um, Inquisitors, which are um, sort of uh, inquisitors are a thing that came out about, and it's a really awesome thing um, that came in rebels and they're basically Jedi hunters. They're like not quite Sith, but they're trained by um, Vader and, and forces like that. And they have limited uh, force abilities and they're really great fighters. And they, they're just, they're, they're hunters and they, they, their job is to track down remaining um, Jedi. And uh, I've read an interview with Deborah Chow where she's heavily hinting that inquisitors are going to be part of, the uh, storyline. And so um, that's some of the cast that we love that you've read about. I, I bet you, usually Inquisitors come in a, in a, in a bunch of, like a team of like a trio of hunters. So I think some of them are going to be that. I think that's going to facilitate this whole kind of Obi-Wan off-world adventure. And, and maybe at some point he runs into, um, what's his name? Uh, Leia's father. So maybe he factors into that. That I don't know. Jimmy Smith's, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, maybe he factors into it. That would be speculation on my part. Again, this is what I've been told. I feel confident about it though. So I think uh, you'll see her probably on Obi-Wan at some point and whether it's a big part or not, again, it wouldn't surprise me if it's not, but apparently it's been cast and that's all a thing. It wouldn't be out without the realm of possibility if he does have to leave the planet. I think that's a kind of a big deal, right? Because he's yeah. probably, there's going to be a reason why he's going to have to do that. And that's a leaves luke in a very vulnerable spot it's not a it's a it's a kind of the worst case scenario of what obi-wan could probably possibly do right and so how, how many allies does he have out in the world not many one of them is uh bail organa so again i don't know if bail organa is part of the show this is just me speculating but um 
it, it sort of kind of makes sense that that could happen, right? I mean, one reason he would have to go off planet would be perhaps if Leia's in trouble. Maybe I that I don't know. I I think would think I, my thinking was more sort of like he he's got very few allies because of very few people that know he's he's still alive. Yeah, and one of them if he needed like to stop off at a planet to refuel or whatever like they do in Star Wars, right? Like it is a little bit of like junction way way like think of the Mandalorian. Oh, I got to stop out of this planet and get my new power converters, right? They do a <laughs> lot of shit like that on Star Wars, so. Yeah. If he's forced off world, if he's chased by inquisitors, he needs some place to hide, lay low for a minute. Maybe Alderaan, maybe he shows up on Alderaan or something and maybe there's something there. Again, I do not know. But hey, maybe th that's a chance to uh, to show uh, uh, Gina Carano's parents too. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Given she, that she's from Alderaanian lineage. No, I don't know. Um, so the only fact, well, I don't know, I guess it probably still not even considered a fact, but but the, the thing that I've been told that I feel very confident about to repeat is that Leia has been cast. And I think, I think that she's going to be on the show. The, the things I'm excited for are and or because Tony Gilroy doesn't really like Star Wars. Um, and he said that before and he has no uh love for Star Wars. He's not a huge like fan. He doesn't, he doesn't really, he has, he doesn't have, the the reverence for it which i think is healthy and good um and now he gets to do it from scratch rather than fixing someone else's thing um so he's going to apply a lot of those same ideas of like to this universe without this kind of like oh god this is like i'm, I'm doing the holy grail here he he doesn't care in that way uh, i think that's healthy i think that's good and then good. I think, uh the accolade I, I'm really interested in that because I think Leslie Hadlin is going to probably be doing something very different. Although she is a big Star Wars fan, apparently she's a huge Star Wars nut. But I, I still, it sounds like she's doing something different. So I'm excited for that. It sounds like it's connecting to uh, High Republic, which, if anybody wants something "quote unquote" new from Star Wars, that seems to be like the the newest thing, right? Right. Somewhat. Somewhat. Although I've started lo looking at some of those comics and it really kind of just feels like the same thing except 100 years ago um, uh yeah it's like oh here's my jedi with my padawan and no uh, we're fighting this. it's like it's like oh yeah right this paradigm it's very you know except it's 100 years ago and there's no sith right now or whatever it just feels none of it felt new to me um when i was reading some of the comics um and then i'm ex mostly excited I, I don't think i'm excited for anything else and then except for um this thing that they're we haven't even really talked about because it's not really mentioned here but you know i think they're really they're really building eventually with rangers of the new republic and some of these things in ahsoka to this search for ezra story which comes from star wars rebels i think i talked about that in the last podcast and i think all these shows or at least some of these new ones will lead into either a new series or a big event series limited series or a big movie about you know the search for ezra and I think they'll along the way after Ahsoka and Rangers of the Republic, probably in Ahsoka and Rangers of the Republic, they'll introduce characters from uh, Star Wars Rebels. They'll sprinkle them in once some in, you know, the Ahsoka series, some in the Rangers and the New Republic. And then you'll sort of like by the time both end, you know, the old gangs, good and bad, will be all sort of brought back together. And that'll probably lead to the crescendo of what the Ezra thing is. And just because I'm such a big fan of the, of the uh, Star Wars Rebels series, I'm I'm, I do, I, I admit, I really want to see where that goes in live action. And at the same time, I'm still very 
wary of Star Wars having to trying to like, oh, here's our classic thing or our new classic thing. And let's tell the, you know, the, you know what I mean? Just like kind of like the Skywalker saga, you got to move on. I, although on this, on some levels, you know, that Rebels is still pretty niche and it's not um, a huge thing to everybody, but I, I do worry about them, you know, 10 years from now talking about, oh, are they ever going to move on from the Rebel story? You know, like, <laughs> well, so that's, that's interesting too, because that's Dave Filoni's baby, right? Like yeah. the, he's bringing, we've seen it in Mando now he's, he's brought in so much of the animated series into that show. And it does seem at least on paper that these Disney plus TV shows, at least the ones he's involved with are going to continue that. Like you were saying, is that too inside baseball though? Like building up to this Ezra story that you have to have watched the animated series to really get, like, is that too inside for, for the lay person like myself? I think they've proven with Mandalorian that you can insert those without having to be familiar with them. Like I'm not familiar with Ahsoka. I'm not familiar with Ezra, but I still enjoyed all the little things that they peppered in there because they feel like real characters already. They feel. Yeah. Like you didn't know Bo-Katan, right? And exactly. And and she, she seemed to work, right. You didn't know really Ahsoka before. Right. And she seemed to work. Yeah. Um, Okay. I think they'll probably do the same thing as thread you know, a few more characters in and then a few mm-hmm. more. Um, All they need is Vin Diesel and, you know, Fast and the Warriors. And we'll, <laughs> we'll save this saga. Uh, so when I look at these, the only thing, two things, three things interest me. Taika Watiti, Kevin yeah. Feige, and J.D. Dillard. Only because those three guys don't seem to have, we have no idea what they're working on other than movies. And all three of them have proven to me to be able to be competent filmmakers. And I, here's what, here's what worries me though. I don't see on any planet where a Taika Waititi Star Wars movie gets released, at least not, you know, like his vision. I don't see I don't know. that. He's happening. got a lot of clout these days. Hopefully. Yeah. He he's got a ton of clout. And actually, you know, I was thinking of just series. So, but if you I don't see seen- like Lord and Miller though, like, I, I'm getting those like solo really? flashbacks. Well, they don't have as much, you know, cloud as Taika does. Like, I don't know that you can tell Taika no right now. Yeah. I mean, like Taika's, you know, I got a backpedal there. He's definitely one of the most exciting things for sure. We don't know what anything that's about, but him tackling this. Yeah. That could be amazing. And that could actually really, that's what they need. And I think that's the irony of it. Like Taika could come in there, do something so bold, so funny, so, you know, that, that does everything that, that we're talking about here that everyone kind of really wants. And then you think about it as like, oh yeah, they, they already had that. They could have had that with Solo, but they, yeah. they chickened out, you know? Because Lord and Miller, all they ever do is like really bold like shit. And that's what they were doing in, in Solo. And Kathleen Kennedy, for whatever reason, you know, they, they got scared and they, they were like, no, this isn't Star Wars. When they, I think what that's part of the thing that they have to do mm. is, is, is if you know, like what are they, what lessons they need to learn? I think the lesson they need to learn is like expand, expand your mind and what you think Star Wars is. Yeah. Aha. The reason why you said Tony Gilroy is like perfect for Star Wars is the reason why I hope that this all works out, like with Taika and Kevin Feige and like JD Dillard, because so I, Ryan Johnson, right, was that guy. They were like, Ryan, write and direct Last Jedi. We have utmost faith in you. And then the first whiff of fan backlash, and they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Just kidding. Let's yeah. bring back JJ. Let's get Lawrence Kasdan. Let's, you know, and and 
I just, I don't know that a Taika Waititi, a pure Taika Waititi movie is going to get released by Lucasfilm. I hope I'm wrong, but Me I don't too. know. I think it could be the big game changer that they really need. And again, they already had it. It would have been Solo. Solo would have been, I think, I mean, think about how bad and, and generic and, and people didn't give a shit about Solo. And then think about what the, the, the alternative, like the wild version of that. And people would have fucking loved that, you know? Yeah. Wasn't like Michael K. Williams going to be like a lion alien Oh, thing? yeah, you're right. Oh, my gosh. That's right. Yeah. Uh, what might have been. What might have been is right. Yeah, they, they just, they... I think that's the, the the major lesson. Like, expand your mind of what Star Wars is to you and what Star Wars can be, and that has to grow. I think infinitely in everybody's minds and all the creators. I think it has to has to really, really expand. And if they don't, you know, they're they're dead. And uh, so, yeah, that's gonna happen. You know, it's you know, kill the past or whatever, right? But like, <laughs> um, Rodrigo, I want to pose this question to you because what you just said, I think, is is right. But then again we live in a world where everybody wants Dave Filoni who is a George Lucas disciple to take mm -hmm. over. Yeah. Is a Dave Filoni the type of person that can, can do that? I don't know. And I think it's, if it is, it's gotta be like, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm very like people like, like uh, Taika and Justin Simeon, although or or sorry, you were the one JD Dillard, right? Yeah. You were talking about, you know what? Some of the speculation that I've heard, is that, and I don't know if this is actually anything, but I've heard that, I don't know if I've heard or if it's maybe people just speculating, but it's like, I, th I don't know if what he's doing is actually happening. Okay. And, and I, some of the speculation is that they let a lot of people pitch a Lando series and just Simeon actually won. So that could be, it could be something. And maybe J.D. Dillard is not actually doing anything, um, but who knows? Okay. Well, that's a bummer if so, because if there has, you know, not to get too, to meta or, or woke as the kids say, but like, you know, there's, there's a, a very severe lack of diversity when it comes to um, the filmmaking of Star Wars. So that's a bit of a bummer. Right, right. Well, we'll see. I, I don't know for sure. Um, the, the other one that we haven't talked about that's because it's barely been ever talked about is that, um, uh, Leita Cord Cord Cordis, uh, she's the woman who I, I'm butchering her name, and I apologize. She uh, wrote Shutter Island. She was one of the original writers on Avatar, and then she got rewritten enough that they gave her like an executive producer credit. She's a very big sci-fi person, uh, and she was rumored to be writing uh, Knights of the High Republic or whatever the old Knights of the Old Republic film, but I don't know what happened with that either. Yeah, that's a again. I so about that one. Well, so the the Knights of the Old Republic thing is is again when people are like Star Wars should do something new, and by new I mean go back to Knights of the Old Republic, which has been talked about in like numerous video games and books and stuff. And I I don't know. It just it like you said about High Republic. It sounds a bit like yeah, it does. It sounds like oh, it's, it's just, just Jedi like, and it's, Sith. It's a little bit more Games of Throny. Yeah. Um, uh, Star Wars, and I think that's exactly what um, the Game of Thrones guys were going to do. Yeah. They were going to do something. That's the rumor that they were going to do something set in the Knights of the Old Republic. Um, the woman I'm speaking of is uh, Leta Calorgridis. Um, I'm I probably butchered that too, but she wrote uh, Alita: Battle Angel, some of Avatar, Tem Terminator Genesis, the Altered 
altered you're not selling me here <laughs> uh, uh sorry for the, the the stuff that she's written but she also wrote shutter island martin scorsese shutter island okay um and uh I apologize she hasn't written things better but um yeah um she was rumored to be doing uh, knights of republic uh, uh the old republic i don't know if that's happening but yeah and then i mean patty jenkins doing a whatever it is flyby star wars flyby or whatever the yeah top gun star wars yeah, yeah. i'm not, exactly i gotta admit wars, which doesn't seem interesting either no no sorry patty but wonder woman 1984 really soured me on uh <laughs> the patty jenkins vision so yeah i mean yeah. she's she's got a, still some cachet with me because the first wonder woman i think is solid and you know she seems kind of amped on this but also I don't care about Rogue Squadron. Like, am I crazy? No, you're not. Well, that's the problem is like everything we're talking about here is like Rogue Squadron is like, take the third act of uh, A New Hope where they're in the X-Wings and it's just that. And it's like uh, High Republic is like, you know, or or Old Republic is whatever Game of Thrones with Jedis. It's like, it's like the, the paradigms are so familiar still, like, we need to break something out. Like that's what I liked about Clone Wars and Rebels is that they started to do some really weird, strange shit. Like that was really out of the, you know, like they had some episodes where they had like witches and stuff. And it was like uh, very like, like Sith witches, but it was all also vague in this cool way where you don't really understand what's going on. And then they went to like this planet where there was maybe something about the origins of the original jedi and there's these gods in there and that was kind of vague too and it was starting to like really break break it open and 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 destroy some of these paradigms and and you know some of the things on rebels you saw like uh it sounds maybe kind of dumb but they had these uh these well there's there were some sort of like elements of space-time time travel and again it was kind of like what is this exactly like you know we don't we're not really sure how this works but we're in this sort of new astral dimension and there was these wolves that were like force sensitive they were just doing some really interesting (laughs) uh uh cool stuff that was that just felt different and felt new um and i'm not even a big fan of like the mystical side of anything but it was just new so i liked it you know well, yeah, I, I think that's the promise of Star Wars, right? Like it starts out with like in a galaxy far, far or a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And then it's like, you know, that is kind of the the intro, right? And 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 if you give somebody that prompt and you say like write a story with this paradigm, like you would think that they would come up with witches and mystical wolves and shit like that. But all we see are guys with laser swords fighting bad guys with laser swords <laughs> while right. robots quit. Right, it's, it's a bit either, old school. Yeah, you either got uh, laser sword dudes with the force, or you got this whole world of like you know people with like junky vehicles and like and like yeah. crime and and it just gets limited really really fast, you know. Yeah. But that wasn't the promise, is what I'm saying. Like when when George Lucas sat down yeah. and and created this, I think you know, sure he was obviously like influenced by uh, Kurosawa and all these other like you know filmmakers and 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 pulpy things, but you know he obviously was like, you know, I want guys that have laser swords and I want hairy dogmen and stuff like that. Like he went for it, but we've lost it. Because maybe because like you said, everybody's so reverential to to Lucas and his vision. Nobody wants to to be the guy that kind of shits on it. 
Well, that's yeah. the thing about trying to like recapture the magic or whatever, right? In doing that, having this like, oh, I feel this responsibility to Star Wars, people are chasing the old, right? But then you're trying to create something new. So if you're going to do that, you have to you have to hire people who have shown a kind of irreverence for stuff. You know, people who have like taken old beloved characters and thrown them in new paradigms and done something really old and creative you know they could they could get like a lord and miller oh yeah. <laughs> that's what i was about oh, to say sorry. yeah sorry. like somebody who could take like 21 jump street and make it interesting <laughs> or like break spider-man open in a way yeah. that like after all these movies and make the best spider-man movie they could hire them oh wait they did <laughs> you know so Fire. i don't know well so that that we'll we'll go to uh to to mike here hi yeah we want everything to work well with Star Wars, right? Like we want sure. this to succeed. As much as yeah. we seem down on it, it does come from this love because we're film fans, we're, we're all kind of nerdy, we enjoy this stuff. So I would love to know where you would like to see Lucasfilm go now. Is it yeah. just straight up new? Do you have any specific ideas, a TV show, anything? Mm-hmm. Uh, besides the Vin Diesel idea. Or yes. Star Wars the musical. Well, so uh, they are intersecting because we've seen in the new F9 that Ludacris and Ludacris and Tyrese will will duct tape a suit together and make it That's a exactly what I want, a Ludacris and Tyrese Star Wars movie. <laughs> um no, to be completely honest, uh wh- what would interest me is less long time ago in a galaxy far far away to maybe currently in a galaxy far far away. <laughs> Seriously. Like where does with it smartphones? Go? Yeah, not necessarily smartphones, but like where would this end up? You know, in the future, and maybe introduce shades of gray or multiple, you know, types of Jedi where they're wrestling with the past of what maybe seemed black and white back then, but doesn't even come close to being so if you look at the facts uh of what things are just change what star wars is and move forward in a new direction and introduce new kinds of ideas to it uh and i think the future might be you know an answer to that instead of going to the past or uh, all that all these different you know high republic fall of the jedi empire era kind of things uh the only uncharted territory we have is what comes next uh, after this Ray era, which I hope they fast forward beyond her lifespan. Well, so um, they were going to do that, right? Like the the, I, the parts that I thought were most interesting about Force Awakens was just that, where it was, you know, like the Jedi were a myth and, yes. you know, the Force is like a joke. Like people are like, oh, nobody, the Force doesn't exist, you know? But that was only it felt kind of hollow though because it was only like 30 years later and you're like well you know that would be like you know us saying (laughs) like martin luther king jr never existed right like (laughs) it's crazy but yeah i I think if you fast forward it 100 200 300 i don't know thousand years whatever yeah i just i want to be there at the screening when the the dun 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 dun, whatever (laughs) comes up and it says currently in a galaxy far, far away, <laughs> and people just boo the shit out of Mike D'Angelo. Uh, I'll take it. Uh, Brian, do you uh, do you have any any ideas for where you would like to see this all go? Well, you know, I I should probably eat my words here because, like I mentioned, you know, going in new directions before, and you eventually get to a point where it's just it's just another space, you know, franchise. It's no different from say Babylon Five. Or oh, something boy. like that. Oh God, you're oh, gonna boy. piss off all the Come fandoms on, if you start. Comparing. I'm sorry. I, I actually, I was, I was, I did not mind Babylon Five. Ah, uh, unless I don't know. That's 
Let's okay, not I open could, that I, bag. I could talk about Babylon Five for a little while, but um, if I if I had to <laughs> next week, next week, next week is Babylon Five. Yeah. Uh, and, and then our we'll we'll, podcast, but you, but yes. And then we'll <laughs> and then we'll cover V the mini series after that. Great, great. I'll accept this. But um, I I remember I I'm thinking back now. I mentioned this once before, some time ago that I would I just I would love to see a fully a full embrace of the weirdness, uh, not not like the scumminess, but the weirdness. One of my favorite, uh, I'll admit, one of the only Star Wars uh, extended universe books I've ever read is Star Wars Tales from Jabba's Palace. Um, I'm holding it right now, and there is a great chapter about, for example, this is just an example, but it's about the band that plays at, at Jabba's Palace. Uh, do you guys remember what the style of music is that they play? Jizz music. Jizz music, yes. So I'm using them just as an example of, of one direction. Like I could picture a, 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 jizz, a jizz documentary. Um, what you want is that thing you do set in the Star Wars universe. Sure, and there's, and there's one man, one man for the job that could direct this, this faux oh documentary. God. And who is it? Tom we already Hanks. said his name. Wait, who? Taika Waititi, oh. you know, to applying his what we do in the shadows vibe to oh to the world of, of of all these jizz bands, and there's so many of them. But um, this is sounding terrible. But How many times can we say jizz band? I we I don't know. But we'll, and for that reason, it's not happening. And I'm it's sorry. not happening at all. But that's just an example of some of the stuff I'd like to see. There's you know, do something with Salacious Crumb. Come on, I, I'd love to know more about the guy. Um, <laughs> And this is just Jabba's Palace. There's so many other things. Like, I, I would love to see these various subsets get their moment in the spotlight. I think that could be oh. very interesting. <laughs> I, I, you know, now that I, I play it out in my head, uh, this is Spinal Tap meets jizz music in Star Wars. You read my mind. So you there. read my mind. It could be hilarious. Uh. I know there's been, like, different, like, I, I remember in the 90s they had a Star Wars cops parody it was called troops do you guys remember that what um no. i i loved it at the time i thought now i think it sucks but wait, um, wait, wait 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 back up is this a tv show what was this it was like uh i can't remember if it was a web thing i don't remember but it was i remember thinking it was just genius like can you guys they're parroting star wars but or they're pairing cops but with star wars can you believe that's this oh it's a show? fan <laughs> film it's totally fan the one that did that, that, uh, um Toss Trank did, and and that's the, and that's how he got the Boba Fett gig. I believe you are correct, sir. Yes. So, anyways, just stuff like that. Like, let's you know, I mean, not like troops, but like just you know, I I, I would take a little something about the Sand People, or uh, you know, just we're know, getting that. there. We're getting it. It's called Dune, and it's way better. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> Fine. Okay. Right. That's that's what I want. That's what that's what I don't think I could revitalize it, but I think it could be very interesting. Yeah, I just stick around for 2030 when jizz music. This is jizz music. <laughs> uh, Rodrigo, where, do you have any idea or, or anything that you would like to see happen? Other than Tony Gilroy blowing it all up? I don't know. The more and more I talk about this, the more I just kind of realize that Star Wars is, is so much more of a contained, closed universe than it feels that it should be. Um, and I really don't know how do they break out of that. But yeah, I mean, I think the only thing you can do is just having a, 
try and grab as many different creators who aren't beholden to the, the sort of paradigm and template of it all and really try and bust out of it, really try and do something new um, and get away from all the old. And, but I guess, you know, I guess at the same time, you just got to write good stories. Like, you know, like, you know, I, I said a thing on the last podcast about Obi-Wan that was like, I was going to be pissed off and I was going to be really upset if it wasn't an off-world adventure, if it was an off-world adventure. And now we kind of know it is. And I was sort of pissed off, but now I'm just like, oh, whatever, you know, just like accept it for what it is and may hopefully it'll be good. And, you know, that's all I think you can hope for at this point. I, I'll tell you what, I was not amped on Obi-Wan. No offense to Ewan McGregor or Deborah Chow, but then they started announcing the cast and I'm like, okay, guys. Yeah, the cast. Yeah, is good, right? you got good my cast. attention. I think that's the problem with Star Wars, right? Is that George Lucas had this grand idea that we all felt was pretty damn epic. And then when it comes down to it, it it's a, you know, a good story for uh like three movies and a couple <laughs> cartoons right like to to really move forward to really do something new to really kickstart a new generation of star wars fans i think you have to have somebody who they hire and the question they say is like so what do you think about star wars and they say like ah, i wasn't a really big fan growing up and i as much as i'd love that because i think it would just blow the internet apart i i also don't think it'll happen unfortunately and there's just always going to be this like desire for whoever filmmaker comes in to to stick with something familiar and and yeah it's a bummer so i they are going to stick with the familiar i genuinely think they should make matt the radar technician canon and make a a 20 minute (laughs) sitcom with kylo ren just adam driver yeah just being fucking nuts because he's so good I'd like to retroactively go back and say that is my favorite Star Wars thing from the <laughs> Disney era. The yeah, SNL is. skits with Adam Driver. Because those were good. They're I agree. And Adam Driver is a damn funny person when he's not brooding. <laughs> Only we can get more pants. of that. I think the, the pants worked, you know. <laughs> yeah. He was very oily, too. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> With that, I'd like to uh, to to wrap up. Uh, it was very any- oily. I'm not, I'm not gonna forget that anytime I soon. I know. <laughs> I know. I just when you said the the pants thing, I just was thinking of the weird Skype calls between him and Ray and the chest thing that everybody made fun of. And and all I could think about was he's very shiny. Yeah, <laughs> he's a very shiny man, but a great That's actor. True. Great actor. Yes, Go see indeed. Annette later this summer. Um, yeah, so I'd like to thank Rodrigo for for nerding out, even though I think we broke yes. you this time. Um, I, I don't. I think we took what was a Star Wars fan, and then an hour later, have turned you against the whole franchise. So I'm sorry awesome. for for ruining it for you. <laughs> that that's how we should end it. Yeah. So bye. Uh, no. <laughs> But yeah, I want to thank Rodrigo Perez, Editor-in-Chief of The Playlist, the little website everybody should go check out. I would like to thank you for joining us. And again, sorry that we ruined your love of Star Wars. Um, It was bound to happen, though. Let's be real. Uh, So yeah, thank you for joining us once again. Cool, thanks. Yeah, and and Mike and Brian, I'll see you next time. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, Yeah. whatever. (laughs) All right, thanks. Bye. Bye.